is Bloomberg Surveillance. I think the key thing for Draghi is to basically make it clear that he understands all the issues that people have. The job market is not as competitive as we like to think. There are frictions in the job market. Bargaining power matters. Economic data is improving and will not only back away from recession fears, we'll maybe get to the point to where we embrace an idea of a synchronized bounce globally. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning. It is 7 a.m. on Wall Street, 2 a.m. in Honolulu. Uh, late breaking news, Donald Trump wins the Hawaii Republican Caucus. He also won in Michigan, as did Bernie Sanders. We'll talk about why today on Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. If the prospect of a Trump nomination is scaring investors, they are not showing it yet. A down day in Asia, Tokyo off by eight-tenths, has been followed by an up day in Europe. We are just a day away from the European Central Bank, meaning expectations really high. That's another topic for us here on Surveillance uh, later in the show. The stock 600, four points higher now, 1.1%. The DAX is up 128. That's 1.3%. The FTSE, not going to be affected by the ECB, uh, 36 points higher, six-tenths of a percent. Here in the U.S., futures are significantly higher. After yesterday's lower close, the S&P 500 futures are up by 10 points right now, half a percent, a half percent gain for Dow. E-mini futures, they're up 86. And the stock 600 is four, uh, uh, the NASDAQ, I'm sorry, uh, as I mentioned, 23 points higher, about six-tenths of a percent. Bonds are lower. Yields higher this morning. The 10-year, 1.88%. The 5-year, 1.38%. 89 basis points for the 2-year. That's uh, a little move higher in yields over the last hour or so. Uh, oil's higher this morning. Brent crude, 4042 up 77 cents, 1.9%, 1.6% gain for West Texas, 37.10, up 60 cents on the morning. And the Sun tabloid in London says the Queen favors Brexit. No confirmation from Her Majesty. But the pound is higher this morning, 142.25. The euro's higher. Uh, well, the euro has turned around. My mistake. It was higher this morning. It's now lower at 109.73. That's ahead of the uh, ECB meeting. Again, people uh, expecting some sort of uh, additional stimulus. And uh, happy anniversary, Tom. Uh, today, is the seventh anniversary of the bull market began March 9th, 2009. The S&P 500 is up almost 200% from its low that day. Can you remember? 676.53. We're now just under 2,000. Think of the people that were in cash. Yeah. Stayed in cash. If you were under the desk. I mean, even if you made every mistake before that, how do you catch up if you missed that bull market? That's frightening. Well, we could ask our, our next guest. Dan Suzuki isn't sure, I guess, how much higher it can go. He's the senior equity strategist at Bank of America, Merrill Lynch Global Research. And you recently lowered your S&P forecast. Yeah, that's right. I think we wanted to reflect that there was greater risk just a couple months ago in the market. I think some of that risk has abated a bit with the turn in the economic data. You know, with, talking about the anniversary, you know, you're going to see pretty much every every media outlet talk and write articles about how we're, you know, at the seven-year 
anniversary of this bull market. I think what's more important for investors to take away is how much the market's up since the prior peak. You know, if you think about where we were in 2007, in October of 2007, if you were an investor and you bought the market then, you know, you would have, you would have seen, you know, the biggest bear market in our lifetimes, the biggest recession in our lifetimes, our financial uh, system brought to its knees, yet the market today is up over 50% in a, on a total return basis since then. And I think that speaks to, you know, long-term investing. And, and that why goes you to dividends. To and dividend goes, is your model, whether you're cautious now and optimism later, which I believe is the general call, it's centered on return of cash to shareholders. Yeah, I, I mean, think. It's no different now than it was Ibbotson four decades ago. You know, it, it's it shifted a little bit. I mean, if you look historically, uh, going back to the early part of the century, or last century, you know, companies were paying 50%, 60% of their, their earnings out as dividends. That's come down, but you're starting to see it go up. And I think it's it's an underlooked area of the market. Again, going back to the 50% returns you've seen since the prior peak, half of those came from dividends. So I think dividends are, are way too underlooked in this market. That may be the case, uh, but that, to me, sort of falls under the, the old Chuck Prince. you got to dance um, well. Well, the music is playing. If they're giving out dividends, take the dividends. But doesn't it suggest that companies are not investing their cash to grow the top line? And so longer term, the outlook isn't as good. Well, the fact that dividends are important, important is sort of separate from whether or not they're investing in, in capital investments. So if you look historically, whether they've invested or not, dividends have always been – Well, div- the, the concept, yes. yes. I'm just talking about the fact that they have increased and more companies paying uh, a higher dividend – also buying back stock to prop up their stock. I price. think the the fact that you've seen a massive increase over the last few years in returning cash to shareholders is a reflection of the fact there's less investment opportunities out there. Uh, I mean, there are options. If there are less growth opportunities out there, your option as a shareholder is that is to want them to invest in the company, which you know is there's not many growth opportunities out there, or return that to shareholders, which I think makes sense, or sit on cash. Uh, so I think that that makes sense. Um, the fact that you know dividends increasing. I think that's actually more a reflection of the fact that there's uh, the market is starved for yield. I mean, you were talking about interest rates, how low they were a little bit earlier. I think that is driving this drive, this demand for dividends, and, and companies are, are responding to that. Dan Suzuki with us, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Uh, Bloomberg Savannah this morning brought to you by Invesco. Looking for investment views? <clears throat> Experienced experts. They're just a click away. Go to Invesco dot com slash us to subscribe to the Invesco blog and follow at Invesco US on Twitter. Give me the three groups I need to be in if I want to get ready for further highs in the market. You're hesitant about now, mm-hmm. but if I've got to research three groups, what are they? Uh, if you if you if you believe that the market is is going higher, you obviously want to get into the more uh, cyclical areas, especially the, particularly the ones that are beaten down. Now, part of that mining. Is- Part yeah, part of that is based on what your commodity view is. If you think that commodities are going higher, those guys, those stocks have a lot of room to rally further. But I think from a risk reward perspective, you know, technology companies have great balance sheets and they have good growth prospects. Industrial companies, if you do believe that the data the data has shown an inflection, I think you could see you know those companies, particularly given how high quality they've become relative to a decade ago. Historically, you know, they had you know hugely volatile earnings growth and you know low quality balance 
balance sheets. Now they have, they've delevered their balance sheets and their earnings stability is a lot better. So I think, you know, industrials and tech, uh, are, are well positioned if you think the market's going higher. I think our theme is really more about moving away from your sector view and more about playing themes like companies with stronger balance sheets, uh, larger companies, companies with more stable earnings. I think those types of companies are going to continue to do well, especially if you think that we're probably in the early stages of a credit tightening. I think, uh, you know, we're just now, if you look at the Fed loan officer survey, we've only seen the first two quarters of net tightening by loan officers. That's probably going to continue uh, going forward. So I, I don't think you want to be riding the junk rally that you've seen in the recent mm-hmm. weeks. The uh, the target um, for the S and P five hundred you, you recently lowered. Uh, why uh, yep. are you coming down at this point? Well, I think it's a reflection of a few things. If you look at uh, you know the earnings front, uh, you know the earnings outlook's definitely gotten worse. The commodity outlook has gotten worse, and so I think. And, and then on top of that, the data that was coming in. You know, I mentioned uh, uh, on the last segment that. The ISM had seen six consecutive months of, of deterioration, and that wasn't – it was basically every indicator you look at was basically at, you know, cycle lows or it seen significant deterioration. So, But what, do you get on – I don't mean to interrupt, but I yeah. think this is critical. I'll go with the gloom of January. Yeah. You climb on now for a rebound. How does a pro extend the easy rebound into a bull call? How do you do that? Yeah, I think uh, it depends on whether – right now you've seen the bull rebound based on a lot of high-frequency indicators. Agreed. That, they're very Agreed. volatile. Totally agree. So I think to get – to extend the bull rebound, you have to have some uh, belief that these are sustainable. The the, the pick, pick up in growth you have is sustainable. I think in the near term, the market's probably got a little bit ahead of itself. I mean, I mentioned on the last, the last show, estimate revisions are still at a cycle low, meaning that analysts are taking uh, are taking down their estimates – uh, two to one for every analyst that's taking up their estimates. That's a pretty bad sign for the markets in the near term. But I think as you get more later in the year, you are going to see growth pick up. And I think that's going to be, you know, the sustainable. And to get out of front of that, what I just heard you say is you want to research industrials. Uh, industrials and tech, I think, are, are, are where you want to look to ride the, okay. the upward moving markets. Dan Suzuki with us uh, with Bank of America, uh, Maryland. She'll continue uh, with us here through the hour. A lot of interesting guests coming up today and into tomorrow uh, as well. Um, Mike, very quickly here, at 8.30 tomorrow, the world stops. Is that true? Um the world stops, Mr. Draghi. I, 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 well, yes, in that sense, I, the world, the, the markets keep going, but everybody stops to listen. We'll do that. Yes, it's we'll, like the old Shearson ad. Where else do you want to be, broker Michael McKee, sifting the ECB headlines tomorrow? We'll be all over it. That is a good and beautiful thing. Like futures up eleven, Dan Suzuki driving the market higher. Futures up twelve, Dow futures up ninety four. Now let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. The Democratic presidential candidates split primaries in Michigan and Mississippi yesterday. Bernie Sanders surprised Hillary Clinton with an upset win in Michigan. Clinton soundly won in Mississippi and helped put her more than halfway to winning the delegates she needs to secure the nomination. For the Republicans, Donald Trump had the strongest showing, winning in Michigan, Mississippi, and Hawaii. Ted Cruz took Idaho. Vice President Joe Biden says if Iran breaks the terms of the nuclear deal it signed, the U.S. will act. 
Biden spoke alongside Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu today in Jerusalem, shortly after Iran announced it had test-fired two ballistic missiles. Two days of a public viewing begins today as the body of former First Lady Nancy Reagan will lie in repose at the Reagan Presidential Library. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. Now, Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. And, Michael, thanks so much. Again, equity markets rise. Futures up 11. Michael McKee and Tom Keene, Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. This month here, Mercedes-Benz Tri-State Dealers welcome spring with limited time offers on select models like the sporty CLA and versatile GLA. Each engineered and priced to move, visit MBUSA.com today.